Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is a returning guest. Uh, normally, we talk basketball, but this time we're going to have a non-basketball discussion, and I'm really looking forward to it. Mr. Zach Ramey, thank you for joining me. No problem, James. Thanks for having me again. It's look, always a pleasure, brother. I've been I've been following now. You've been doing some more non-basketball podcasts, and I've actually been enjoying those as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's something like, you know, we were just talking about off camera that, you know, at the time, I know we're going to get into that being in law enforcement and my job and being nervous about broaching, you know, talking about certain topics and what if somebody sees it and all this kind of stuff that I played the safe role and just went strictly with basketball. And I'm a much broader person, you know, um, a thinker and especially with my background being history, I can literally talk about a, a myriad of topics, but I did kind of just pigeonhole myself. So I've been using the pandemic in this time to kind of get that content out there and kind of show people that I'm not just a basketball guy, that I'm somebody that can talk about a variety of subjects. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll admit, um, <laughs> I, of course, I became familiar with you off of basketball, but then as I started listening, I said, man, this brother is intelligent. Like, he got a lot more to talk about than just basketball. So what made you decide to start being more broad with your topics? Again, you know, that whole burden of I'm no longer a police officer no more. I'm no longer employed by somebody else. I'm no longer a part uh, of a career or a job where it's literally military style. You know, it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am, very strict protocol, believe it or not, uh, uh, with all the brutality and murders going on. But in theory, it's still a lot of strict protocol and you're not supposed to be out here just doing whatever you're supposed to do. So with that being said, I did always have this angle, though, of using sports and certain topics to kind of interwove it in there so I can get the message out, but kind of hide it while I'm talking about sports. So I've talked about, you know, LeBron making moves in, um, you know, in the business world with his friends. I talked about the, the Kaepernick situation and Nike. I've, I've talked about the NCAA and the politics side, but we're also, you know, weaving it in with basketball. So, you know, even, you know, you, one of my recent podcasts that you really like, like even the Jonah Complex, you know, I even had one called you know, evolution of greatness, you know, just because I really believe the sports world in a lot of ways mirrors itself to real life. So what I mean is, you know, those of us who've played sports, this is my humble opinion, um, it kind of has you better prepared for life in a lot of ways because a lot of things that can go through a sports competition kind of mirrors life, like a basketball game that's real intense, up and down, having to make split-second decisions, critical thinking, all that kind of stuff kind of can go into different life situations. So I will kind of try to use that to kind of be able to get that message out there, but also not becoming too political or controversial where it will draw too much attention to what I was doing. You made a big move recently. You actually decided to leave your career in law enforcement. How did you arrive at that decision? Uh, like I, I was uh, invited to speak on this one platform called the uh, Speakers Pathway Coalition, and I was promoting my stuff on LinkedIn and give you guys a quick little tidbit. If you promoting or doing anything, LinkedIn still has some of the most organic reach. So get your LinkedIn account up. It doesn't always have to be business. But 
they had reached out and wanted me to talk about some motivational. And I shared with them how this is something I was actually contemplating, give or take, about a year and a half ago, almost two. It was kind of like a process, to be honest with you. Like once I started having children, my son would be four this month, my daughter would be two. Once I had my first son, I kind of around that time started getting kind of soured on the job itself. And then my wife is such an ambitious person. She's a creative person. She's a brilliant person. I'm not just saying that's my wife. Like I've been around a lot of people and there's not a lot of uh, people that's like her um, far as how her mind works. And she's always was pushing me to want to do so much more. And it just kind of rubbed off on me, so to speak. So I just started thinking like, man, while working a job or career might be cool for certain people, I just felt like I had so much to give and so much to contribute to society. And I started thinking like that and wanting to build something to leave a legacy for my children. And I knew that just was not going to get it done in law enforcement. And then also too, James, quite honest, the more I started doing the job and realizing that I was having little to no effect, big picture on what was going on in my city of Chicago and the area that I'm in, it was almost like, what are we doing? You know, even when I would arrest people who committed serious crimes and we go to court and people could see this and think what they want. All police officers, not crooked. You know, we doing things by the book and then stuff getting thrown out, this happening, gun getting thrown out. So then people, I shared a story about how uh, we st- I stopped a guy who had committed a robbery, pistol whipped somebody, committed a robbery, ran through the snow, had an asthma attack because it was cold that day, recovered a gun, we get the confession, everything. And they threw all of it out. So it's like, what was all of that for? What is the point of all this? So on one end, you know, we're locking up too many black people and that's a whole nother discussion. But then on the other end, we're not locking up violent offenders at all in our city a lot of times. So it was just like a combination of all that, James, where it was just like, I'm risking my life literally doing this job. I feel unfulfilled. And then at the same time, the podcast was really starting to take off. Because like you said, you've been with me since the beginning. Like it's going, we're in year three now. Year four would be this coming fall. And it was starting to take off before the pandemic and um, I had more opportunity. And it's like, if I'm ever going to do this for real and see where this can go or unlock the rest of my potential, I'm still young enough. I made a decent amount of, you know, as far as my pension in those five years in law enforcement, I said, hey, it's now or never. It can't get no worse than what's going on right now. So let's make it happen. Wow. Did you, was you, did you have any apprehension or fear about making this move? Uh initially, and I think that's why I said, again, I held on too long than I should have. Because to be honest with you, I should have left back in December of last, you know, this past, you know, 2019. Um, I would even had even more money in my pension because the, the stock market doing the virus and all, you know, with the virus and all that. But no, like once I made the decision, I was cool. I think what kept me so long was the fact you know, my children being small, wanting to keep the medical insurance, make sure that they good, make sure my wife good. So like the practical things, I'm not going to lie, that kept me going on. But to be honest with you, the day to day of getting a check, I wasn't too concerned about that. Again, I have a lot of a lot of skills. I'm, I'm fortunate with a lot of gifts as far as that goes. And then it just really took again, I keep saying this because it's the God out is true. It took like me meeting my wife to kind of unlock a lot of things that I had inside me that I didn't know I can do. So 
you know, a combination of all that. No, I wasn't really fearful once I made the decision. In a, in a weird way, did the pandemic actually help you? You know what? It did because, like I said, I already had the frustration with the job, right? So then when the pandemic happened, it was a situation of because they didn't want you coming in contact with people with the virus, we was almost doing little to no police work. Mm. So at this point, I'm literally 14 hours out of the house, give or take my commute time, and then I'm working a 12-hour shift when I'm at work. So it's like I'm riding around in a circle, patrolling things, trying to keep things secure, but we're not really doing anything. I'm just wasting time. So a lot of ways, it was for me, it's like, what's the point? Like I said, I think we're in this era of entrepreneurism, is, you know, entrepreneurs, and that's the new religion to, to me, me and one of my uh, guys was joking about. And I think it's not meant for a lot of people. I think that's why a lot of people are failing. That's a whole nother discussion besides the virus. But I think certain people are meant to work jobs or have careers and then others are meant to kind of do their own thing. And I really feel like I'm one of those people that are meant to do my own thing. That doesn't make me better than that person. I just think in this era nowadays, a lot of people, as as we stated before, they don't know their purpose. They in the wrong lane and they trying to operate in lanes that really aren't for them. It's one of those things, you know, being black, a lot of times those that speak, and I use quotes and about being woke, they always say, you know, we kings, we queens, we guys, we goddesses. And I will always say, even before this became popular, like, well, somebody got to sweep the temple floor. You know, somebody got to maintain the streets. Somebody got to help build. Some, You know, we need everybody kind of in that role. And I just feel like I'm one of those people that, why I do believe we need some form of police and security. I just feel like I wasn't one of those people. That's just how I looked at it. I'm going to tell you something. Um, I'm glad you answered the question the way you did, because that wasn't what I was expecting. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I, what I, why I thought it helped you is because your podcast is mainly basketball. Right. And we didn't, we didn't have any basketball. Now I'll give you credit. You was doing an excellent job of just creating stories where, you know, going back, revisiting history, comparing players, you were doing a great job of that. But then I guess you just to say, you know what? I want to talk about something different. And because of that, because I don't know, man, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if, if basketball would have kept going and stayed consistent. You would have actually made that move to talk about something else. Am I correct? I mean, in the back of my mind, that was always the plan. Um, I had started a brief podcast with another brother, my man, Powerborn. Shout out to Powerborn. He's a, and um, we had one called the Fresh Intelligent Podcast. I think we did two episodes, but it was just, I couldn't, it was, pulling too much at that time. So I didn't do it. We stopped it. So I kind of always wanted to go in that lane, but to your point, and it's going to sound repetitive, man, but um, me and my wife, she's like, again, <laughs> like my agent and stuff. She was like, okay, that's cool. You did that play. You did that comparison. Like, I think I did like Dwayne Wade and Clyde Drexler. Uh, I took the cult classic, Five Venoms, the you know karate movie, compare them to current players and past players and all that. But she's like, you don't want to keep doing what everybody else is doing. You know, how about you do this or how about you have do this? And 
you know, even the one podcast when I reached out to her mentor, the, the professor, Dr. Valerie Johnson, a black female who uh, I think she's stepping down this year, but she was the department head for political science at DePaul. So, you know, talking about big time position, but reaching out to her and just um, having somebody like Marv on my last podcast. And, you know, again, I've had other people on just kind of sprinkled in. Like I had a, another brother by the name of Royce Jones and we talked about mental health, but we did it from a basketball standpoint. So it was always there. I wanted to do it down the line, but to your point, I just kind of, because of the virus, we didn't have basketball. And then like my wife was like, you don't want to just keep doing what everybody else was doing because if you go on Twitter, especially if it's a whole thing called NBA Twitter. Like it's like a cult following thing. That's all everybody was doing during this time was just debating players, debating players. And one thing about me, and I've always been like this, James, I, while everybody going right, a lot of times I like to go left. Even if that means I might fail a little bit because I, I hate doing what everybody else is doing. That's part of the reason why, like, my motto is fan of no team but a love of basketball. I'm really not a fan. Like, people might see me. I got the my Bucks hat on, but it's really like I just like green and I like the logo. Now, Giannis might be one of my favorite players, but I'm not a fan. So, in that sense, to answer your question, I've just always wanted to do things different. Let's talk about your wife because you've mentioned her. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of people do not understand how important it is to have that valuable person in your life. Because I've been blessed with a wife just like you who who helps me, gives me guidance. And I want you to just elaborate more how important that has been for you and your your life and your progression. I think it's been huge. Um, I would have been somebody that wow, that guy is really smart. You know, he was athletic, whatever, whatever. And I just would have blended in and worked a job. You know, well, he should be doing this and this. And I never would have did it. But when it's like when I met her, she literally like unlocked all the potential I had in me. And I think nowadays, because of different things that's going on in a society, whether you agree or not, I just feel like the man... It's a huge tug of war of men wanting to show that they men and wanting to dominate everything, including their marriage. And then understanding that when you get in a marriage, like your wife might be stronger than you and some things. And in our case, my wife is stronger than me in a lot of things. So for me, it was that ability. And, and like I said, we didn't always get it right. As I shared in the last podcast, I did, um, you know, about a month ago, she was ready to leave me because of my lack of support and me just getting out of my own way. But like after that happened, like it was like the last wake up call. I needed that last kind of change or metamorphosis to kind of become the person I am. And again, I think it was a, a one thing about me, even if I was stubborn, I always would listen to information. Right. So like I might fight you and be upset you know, why it's going on or how you're delivering it, especially my wife. Like, she's one of the most, like, she ain't going, even with you, like, she's not going to sugarcoat it. She's going to tell you straight like it is, as we like to say, in the butt naked, in the raw. And she's not going to curse and be disrespectful, but it's going to be that tough medicine that you need. So for me, once I was able to kind of receive that and get out of my own way, which I think a lot of men need to do, and same thing with women, if we keep it balanced, I think, Things are so out of balance nowadays. It's crazy. But that whole idea of me allowing myself to lower my ego, listen to what she's saying, realize she knows more than me, even though she's six years younger than me, and kind of take it in, 
and help myself become this better person. And then that way I could be a better husband, then be a better father to my children. And I think me being willing to do that. And like I said, it wasn't always easy. Just being transparent has helped me get to where I am, man. And that's why I, I tell people, man, when you meet somebody like that, cause I've never met anybody like her, you know, and she'll laugh and joke initially when we first started dating, it was so like, she was so demanding. Like I broke up with her, like, this is too much. But then like, <laughs> I called her like the next day, like I apologize. Something in my spirit was like, you need to do this, man. You need to, you know, be with her. Like she's good for you. And, um, you know, I think again, like that's just really helped me with my overall growth, which then comes out in my podcast, because like I said, she's the first one to say, no, nah, like literally she'd be like, no, nah, that sounds stupid. Like, just like that. Don't do that. Don't talk about that. No, nah, that's terrible. Think about something else and then we'll work through it. And I had to learn how to strip that emotion away and just listen. And then that's how we get the shows that we get. You know, a lot of it is me. But some of it is her, like the Jonah Complex show. That was all her, just being honest. Mm. How long have you guys been married? I always get it confused. She's gonna kill me. Okay. Uh, I think it's seven years, but we no six years, but we've been together seven. It's either we we've been together eight, or we married and been together and married seven is one or two. I think it's seven, six, but we've been together seven because my son will be four. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when did, at what point did you finally realize, you know, that you needed to make this change? Like how many years did it take you? Like just recently, I mean, it's been a a process the whole time. Right. So like, I mean, we've been through a lot, you know, it's been a process, but I've been changing along the way. But I said like this last time, like when you really realize you about to lose your, your family, you know, you have to kind of think of things a little bit different and kind of remove yourself and remove that ego and understand what's really going on. And for me, you know, I'm like a daddy's girl for real. Like my daughter, I can go to the store. She comes to the door every time and acts like I've been gone for (laughs) weeks at a time. You know, my son, the same thing. Like I don't post my children, but I almost posted a video yesterday. The room I'm sitting in now, I was taking some stuff apart and he came wandering in here, got in a chair, put the headphones on, was in front of the mic and was like, welcome to the Off the Glass podcast. And he's over <laughs> there playing with the board. And so it shows you like me being in the home as small as that is, the type of influence that I'm having on my children, man. And I get it. If it doesn't work out for some people, you got to do the co-parenting thing. You got to do the divorce thing or the single parent thing. But ideal regardless of what other people is preaching in the black community, we need those strong homes. We do. We need it. So for me, thinking about all that, I'm not trying to have visits on this weekend, on this day. No, I want my children to see me in the morning and I want to put them to bed and I want to be there all the way in between. So for me, that last, like I said, that last, that last incident we had, I had to drop my ego and, um, you know, in a lot of ways as a man, we talk about women submitting. I had to submit. Now, at the same time, I'm still king of the castle. She does it in such a way where she still re- respects me and puts me first, first. But in a lot of ways, you know, she's ahead of me in a lot of things. And that's just being honest. Wow. That's big, man. Just to hear, you know, just to hear how important she is to you. Because, you know, that that's important. Like, it's, you, you mentioned the family piece. And, man, it, we don't, unfortunately, our community doesn't have enough of that. So I definitely commend you and your wife for being able to get through that tough time 
and, and realize, you know, how important it is to keep that family together. And now y'all moving forward in a great way. Yep. 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 Now, would you say you finally found your purpose? Yeah. I 100%. 100%. I think that's why I was so transparent on the last podcast I did. Um, I just feel like now I'm so focused. I'm listening to the universe. Uh, not a religious person, but very, very spiritual person to the true essence and understanding and listening and paying attention and listening to that voice that I've had all the time. Even going back to when I met her, you know, we met in March, was together in April. I proposed, no, we were together in March. I proposed on her birthday that fall in November. We got married the following April. And the whole time, Something was telling me this is what I should do. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, I knew this. I knew that. It was just telling me. So now I know going forward, you know, that's the universe. Those are my ancestors because that's, if we want to say belief system, that's my belief system. And I'm telling you, like, once I started doing that and listening, like really listening, and then I got the stress of the job off of me, you know, we eating, like we always eating pretty well. You know, now we really full blown into our vegan thing. You know, I'm doing a detox right now, fast, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, once I really kind of got in tune with all that, like, yeah, bro, like I really, really know what I'm, I'm meant to do. And I'm excited because I got some other things in the works that once it comes back, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It really is. Do you have more of a sense of peace and relief now that you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing? Yep. I think that's the the perfect way to do it. And again, it doesn't have to be, I think a lot of times, James, nowadays, everything seems to be like so deep or revelational. It has to be so complicated. Like it could be a revelation and you could really feel like, like, you know, euphoric, but it's not really that simple. It's just really about just whatever you're doing in life, just having that, that peace having that calm. And what we've noticed too, because we switched around some things in our personal life, a lot of times, if we honest, you could be good in your home. And then like your, a family member could call and bring <laughs> that energy. And next thing you know, you and your wife arguing because you or her might've had an argument or something with a family member. Or like for me, I would have a rough day at work and not realize it. And then the slightest little bit of energy that I've had can set off some. So you, a lot of times you figure out that, you know, controlling your outside environment to the best of your ability can also help your inside environment. And I really believe that that was the case with a lot of things, man. Cause I'm telling you, we started laughing, me and my wife that we'll be doing fine. And then here comes somebody with their own set of things because they haven't found their purpose. You know what I mean? So like I said, it's, it's, it's kind of like a catch-22. It's kind of all over the place. A lot of people are not knowing their purpose, and I just think that's what we are. You know, some of the problems we have in society that people don't know their purpose. You know what? It's, it's, it, it's so simple to think about finding a purpose, but it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I just... Not I think. I know I finally... I figured out mine a while ago, Mm -hmm. but now I figured it out to the point that I know how to articulate it. Right. 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 No, that's that. I think that's, that's key. And I think a lot of it, 
goes into upbringing, obviously in your environment. So right, wrong, or otherwise, whoever's raising you and what they're teaching you is gonna set is gonna what shape your perception, which you know shapes your perspective and how you go about doing things in life. So for me, for example, coming from a a two parent household, a successful one, never wanting for anything in life, but at the same time, they not necessarily teaching me the things that I learned from my wife about finance, about uh, entrepreneurship, or one and a half for yourself, or how to move money, or just different things. It's like for them, and for a lot of black people, you know, just go to school, go to school, get a job. And then we wonder why we are as we are as a community big picture, because we haven't really instilled certain things. We didn't see what our child was really, really capable of while they were in that school. So you'll see other races doing things like, oh, I'm gonna put Jimmy in, in code in school. So he learning how to code. So he know how to do computer stuff when he come out or just thinking out the box, like they still going to school, but it ain't just going to school, playing sports. And now we're going to get a job. It's like, you don't see that with us by and large. So I think that goes to, again, your upbringing and, and your environment. And also a lot of us just being honest, for the most part, you from DC. I tell people this all the time. Like, don't give me the exception, but by and large, and I've traveled the country, there's no quote unquote middle-class black neighborhood where you have a certain amount of people making a certain amount of money and it's a majority black neighborhood, majority black school system, but all y'all might be at a certain economic level, right? Nine times out of 10, even if you middle class, you might have people on your block that's living in poverty, single parent, they not working this, this, and this, or at least your immediate, uh, your whole surrounding neighborhood or who you go to school with if you go to certain public schools in the black community. So you don't see certain things that you see in other communities. Like when I left my community and we moved to the suburbs and at that time was predominantly white, it was a whole nother environment, a whole nother way of thinking that we don't have in our community. Like I, the community I grew up in, weren't going to school. We had metal detectors in grammar school. You know, it's not like how it is now, but still gangs and drugs and violence that didn't exist. Because like once whites are able to make a certain amount of money or other groups, they can go live amongst their own and don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. That's not the case for black people. So in a lot of ways, James, I know I'm talking kind of off topic a little bit, but I wanted to get this out. I wanted to get this out. You know, just because I had the two parent household don't mean I see the world better than somebody who didn't or who grew up in poverty because we was in the same community. And a lot of times we had the same experiences, whether we want to admit it or not. The difference is I always tell young people, yeah, I might've hit the parent lottery because we can't control what we born to. And yeah, I might go and work a job. And I guess you could say end up better than you, but that don't guarantee that things are going to work out. Cause why I had to go through everything. A lot of people went through with a college degree from driving a school bus, from driving a CTA bus trolley, And then I just happened to luck out and get a police job that paid really good money. So I say all that to say this, bro, it's like your environment and your perception, wrong or right or otherwise, is definitely going to shape how certain people see and view their purpose. And for some people, because of that, they're never going to find it, whether it's their fault or not, because the environment and the upbringing 
it was just too much to overcome from the beginning. Mm. I want to talk, we, we kind of touched on it a little earlier, but I want to go more in depth now. Me and you had like a conversation offline and one you sent me a text and you was like, this, this kind of goes along with the lines of you kind of felt like you pigeonholed yourself in with basketball. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why I, I kind of disagree with you and I like how you did it because even though you kind of pigeonholed yourself in, you was able to, because you was, you're, you're great at talking basketball. Like I know how passionate you are about basketball. I know how much you love basketball. So you put a lot of effort, you put a lot of research into it and it paid off because you was able to establish some great connections. So that's why I was like, man, I don't know if I agree with him saying he wish he wouldn't have done basketball solely. Can you talk more about that? I mean, I guess it comes back to what we've been saying, the whole, that was the plan all along. And I didn't know it, the whole universe plan. Um, That's a great point because through basketball, uh, I met Rashard Phillips, which, you know, has been a game changer in a lot of ways. And to be honest with you, I have reached out to so many people, big name, middle, and got mixed reviews. Most of the time, I didn't get no responses. But from that relationship, uh, and it's a good relationship. We still work together. Um, obviously, I was able to meet Kendrick Perkins, ESPN, former NBA player. Um, now I can call him. Great brother. We could chop it up. Um, that's a great connection. And through him, uh, not even realizing how the universe works, my latest podcast with Rich Gray. Rich, the, you know, I'm not going to say he reps Perk, but for lack of a better word, he's like per- Perk's agent, advisor, consultant, along with a lot of other NBA and WNBA players. Like, that's why I put on there, like, he's one of them guys, and he said in the interview, he's not seen for a reason, but he's a, a big-time person. But show you how the universe works, my best friend, my childhood friend, went to college with him, and Rich was like they intramural basketball coach. So I just sit back and just trip on how, okay, I meet Rashad, through Rashad, I could I meet Perk. Perk and Rashad all know Rich from doing business together. And then to bring it full circle, my best friend knows Rich. And then there's another guy I'm going to have on a podcast. His name is Royce Perrin, uh, Chicago legend as far as basketball. He know Rich as well because they was at Chicago State together. So it just shows <laughs> you how, like, to your point, I guess the only thing I'm saying is maybe from the name. I probably would have always still did basketball at the beginning, but instead of the off the glass podcast, maybe it'd have been my name. So when I want to do other subjects, I could kind of throw it in there. But to your point, the universe had already, you know, laid this out and it's tripped out. I laugh and I sit back and like, man, who would have thought if you want to really get heavy, that a friend that I met when he was in seventh grade, I was in ninth grade, all the way up to now, I'll be 39 in October has a relationship with somebody he met in college that can help vouch. And then I, me and him meet and do a great interview. And now we've talked about, you know, different things and all that kind of stuff. Like who knew? So to your point, yeah, I, I, it worked out. It really did. I, look, I definitely, and, and again, you can always branch off and just start another one. Like if you just really wanted to, but I will say you, you one of the most knowledgeable brothers when it comes to basketball, like, 
I don't <laughs> I know basketball, but I'm 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 more of a fan. Yeah, like you're and ironically, your your motto, fan of no team. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that yeah. That kind of goes out the window. But you like in the X's and O's, you do your research and you make me think. And I'm like, you know what? Like honestly, if you say something, even if I don't agree with it, I'll at least think about it. I'm like, okay, Zach said that. So let me let me at least think about it. Right now, I don't agree with what he said, but at least let me think about it. So that I think that goes to that's a, that's a huge credit to how much you put into your craft, how much research you do. So, I, but to I, be I honest with you, James, I do, but I don't. Like certain things, and like I could guess be cocky and pop my collar, but certain things, like certain people, just naturally are like that. Like my best friend, I was just telling you about, he'll tell you how I was always a walking basketball almanac. For some reason, I could see something, I just remember it. It's the same way kind of how I played. Like I posted videos here and there showing my passing and stuff. But it's the same way how I play. Like I could just see certain things and remember it and might not even do it until later in the game or maybe two games down the line. It's the same way with the podcast. Like with basketball, I could just see things. And then because my degrees in history, which is a lot of research and stuff of that nature, I was able to kind of apply some of that. So, but a lot of it, like I always tell people, for me, I can just see it. And then what I'll do is if I want to really make a point, I'll go look at, cause you know, we're in the era of what they call analytics and stats. I'll go see maybe if there's something there to that point that could back it up. But a lot of times I'm going to record today when I do a show, I might have a couple outline things I want to talk about. But most of the time, once I hit record, it's all off the top of my head because I'm just able to see it like that. And that's how basketball is for me. I just, we can do, I remember in practices, we could do a new play and like we do it once. And I know the play and I'm maybe because I was the point guard, but I would know the play to the point where I'm already like, oh, okay, if they defend it this way, if you do this, you're going to be open and I remember James just being being funny. I would sometimes take turnovers or purposely throw the ball off the back of somebody's head just to let them know that they was open because I see stuff like that. So for me, when I do my my show, it's kind of the same thing. It was just always natural. You know, I, I don't even, you know, I know it might sound like bragging, but I'm just saying a lot of us, certain people, you know, a lot of us have gifts with certain things. And that goes back to knowing your purpose. And basketball just always has been a gift the way I see it. It always came natural. Like, I, again, my basketball story is incredible, but you got to understand, at, in fifth grade in the city of Chicago, I was the starting point guard on our eighth grade team. So in a lot of ways, I'm what you call a savant. You know, at a young age, I was like that in basketball, seriously. So it's just as I've gotten to, to be an adult, maybe I didn't reach my full apex in my playing career like I should, but those experiences and how I view the game helps me produce the product that I produce now with my podcast. Well, like you said, that's your gift. And and and, and your gift will open up other doors. So you I I I like the way you did it. So and it's going and 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 it's gonna work out the way you want it to because you're applying your gifts and you making sure that you you share your gifts and that's what's right. important. Because right. a lot of people could, I mean, cause hell. Let's just be honest. It's a lot of people who can get behind a mic and talk about basketball from a fan standpoint. 
Right. It's just right. like, I can do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm right. not going to be impressed by something I can do. Right. Know? I've been watching basketball for 30, like 35 years. So I can, I could tell you who won the NBA finals from all the way back then from, from 1980 on up. I, I can look, I can tell you everybody that won the NBA finals with no Google, no nothing. Mm-hmm. But that's not my gift, you know, and that's your gift. And you know, basketball in and out. And you've displayed that on many occasions through your podcast. But it just so happens you have other talents and other gifts, but basketball right. going to open the door for you. That's going to be your main, you know, that's going. That's what's getting you your network is basketball. And then once you get established, people are going to see that, oh, yeah, this brother way more than basketball. Right, right. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's that's a fact. That's a fact because, again, a lot of people nowadays just begin on and just, you could just say anything about a topic. It's just amazing to me. Like, so I never wanted to be those, that person. I don't care if I'm talking basketball, politics, health, uh, even religion, just talking about how I feel because <laughs> at the end of the day, like nobody really cares how you feel. Is it backed up by truth? Not facts, because I always use that example. Facts are just things that people agreed upon that can turn into truth. That don't mean it's truth. And the example I always use is Christopher Columbus. They, they say he discovered America, but we know that's not the truth. But that is a known fact, right? But we know that's not the truth. So, you know, a lot of people always come from the angle of how they feel. And I just feel like when you're talking about certain things, especially whether anything... If it can be linked to history, I think it needs to be done in a way that's right. That doesn't mean we have to agree, but at least come from an angle of some kind of truth. Because now what we're doing nowadays, especially in sports, we're kind of rewriting history. You know, everybody (laughs) has their own agenda and narratives and people just saying certain things. And it's like, no, hold on. Not only was I there and saw it. And the thing that's even frustrating, you can go and watch this stuff on YouTube. Like, people have devoted their whole life to put up whole games and whole highlight packages so you can go look at certain people. And so I'm just one of those people that want to be there to, like, kind of restore some balance and then also give you some a little bit of X's and O's so you can understand why. Like, I do that on my Twitter recently, the last few days. I've been posting a couple WNBA games and NBA, but I posted a couple plays you know, showing because everybody wants to talk about the WNBA is this and that. And I show how they run in the same stuff as men and breaking down that place. So I like to kind of give that, you know, as well, too, James. But, man, I, I appreciate you, you know, having me on, bro. This has been been fantastic. Any other things you want to ask me? Oh, yeah. I got one more question because okay. this this was actually what actually got the podcast idea for me to reach out to you. Okay. You introduced me to a term that I never heard of never heard of it's called the jonah complex please yeah. define please let the listeners know exactly what that all is all right so i'm gonna do this I'm, I'm not gonna freestyle it i'm gonna look it up just so we can get the whole context of it so people can hear this but again this me and my wife like we do once we finally get some peace from our kids and put them down for bed we we talk and um basically it says the jonah complex is the fear of success or the fear of being one's best, which prevents self-actualization or the realization of one's own potential. 
It's the fear of one's own greatness, the evasion of one's destiny, or the avoidance of exercising one's talents. And we were talking about the last dance and the whole theme of that was Jordan's greatness. And like, say what you want. And that's another thing. Like, if we want to be honest, we don't really know these people unless you've been in their presence and you got to hang out with them, have a meal with them, you go over their house. But we're just being honest. Like, we really don't know these people. So a lot of times we make judgments of how we view people based on whether we like them or not. And I think because people didn't like that, and that's another thing of rewriting history. So out of that, you had a side of people who didn't like how Jordan might have treated his teammates to use that to prove that LeBron's better than Jordan. So now the argument has nothing to do with basketball is whether Jordan was a great teammate or not. You know what I'm saying? And like, we was just talking about how great he was and how driven he was. And he even said like, I'm not going to apologize for that. And even admit it is not for everyone. But the fact that he was like that allowed him to be great. Like, he, he, he didn't want to avoid that. Now, we don't have to be the extreme of Jordan because Tim Duncan wasn't like that sticking with basketball, but he's an all-time great, right? You know, but at the same time, there's something to be said of getting out of your own way. And it goes back to me leaving the job. Me believing in myself enough you know, and that's why, again, I'm not religious. I'm not waiting on somebody upstairs to come save me or this. No, I'm going to be believed that God or whatever you call that spiritual being already imparted in me the tools I need to go out and be successful. Now it's up to me to believe in myself, get out of the way and do it. And that's what the Jonah complex is basically saying, that people are afraid of that no or that failure when that's just a part of life, succeeding and failing, success and fail, success and fail. And the sooner you get comfortable with the failures, your successes might be few and far between. But what I've noticed now, when you have success, they even bigger. Mm -hmm. So all them DMs on Instagram, Twitter, emails, people not, you know, responding. And sometimes it gets, you know, frustrating because I'll be looking at them like, you're not as big as you think you are, but okay, I guess that's you're bigger than me, so whatever. But <laughs> then the yes I did get was Rashad. Then the other yes I get, Perkins. And then some of the things he said, you know, so you got to be able to hang in there and believe in yourself and get out of your way and embrace that ability to want to be great. And then, like I said, the rest is, as they say, the rest is history. You'll be successful. But that's what the Jonah Complex is really about and speaking to is that fear uh, of being great and that disappointment. Man, I want to take this time to thank you for doing this, man. I'm I'm enjoying, I love seeing the path you on, Um, just following you. You know, I've always known. Hey, James, you too, bro. I'll be telling you. You know, we kind of started around the same time, bro. You can start a little bit after me. The, the guests you have, you know, I don't always get to listen to all your podcasts, just being honest. You know, I make sure I stay current and subscribe so you can get that support. But anytime I stop and listen, you've had great people, man. Great insight, great questions. And I think your platform is big from the standpoint, as Black people, we need to see that we are participating in every phase of life that we're all doing different things to be successful. And I think that's key for the next generation because 
I don't think we necessarily need, like Pac said, any more rappers, any more athletes. Like, I think we got that pretty under control. <laughs> the fact that you got people doing things like in the cigar world, I remember it was a brother you had that wanted to open up a place, a lounge where they could smoke cigars. That's money in that. That's business. You know, you've had people from the military on, you've had teachers, you've had authors, you had business women. I mean, speak like you've had a gamut of people and all types of blacks coming from different walks of life, different shades, different shades, all that, as they say. So I just want to say that your podcast, as much as you compliment me on mine, yours is definitely a must listen. And that's why I always shout it out. Thank you, brother. That, that really means a lot to me. You know, we, we both, we both finding out, we've both found our purpose and, and you can tell, I think when we listen to each other's work, like you could tell that we've both grown and we are in a different space, but I definitely do appreciate the compliment and I'm excited to see your growth. Cause I know I, I can't wait to see you on that big stage. And I'm like, Oh, man, y'all late to the party. I knew that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got something in the works. I'm not going to give you the title, but I am coming with another podcast soon. So we we working on, you know, getting the logo together and all some other stuff. So um, that's going to be coming in the works. And the goal is to drop one podcast a week from that platform, which is going to be everything else but basketball, and then one from this platform, Off the Glass Podcast. So Make sure to subscribe, man. If you like the video side of things, I always do the videos on YouTube. Um, audio, available on all streaming platforms. Like I always say, there's no excuse why you can't be consuming this great content. So that's the Off The Glass podcast for everything. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Zach the Off The Glass podcast. If you really want to engage, I'm mostly on Twitter. It's at The Off The Glass. So The Off The Glass on Twitter, at The Off The Glass. And um, let's let's conversate. Let's talk. Definitely. Again, man, thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing everything you're doing. And and this won't be the last time we talk. We'll, oh, of course we'll not. To have, we'll continue to have these conversations. So, again, thank you. You're welcome. I want to thank everyone for the continuous support of the podcast, um, the continuous listens. I truly appreciate it. And I'm going to do my best to keep delivering great content. You all have a great day. <laughs>